Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week 13 officially done, and the Dolphins, the Dolphins are the number one team in the AFC currently. I am a very, very happy man. First time I could say that the Dolphins are the number one seed in December, anytime during my fandom. Uh, it's a great time to be a Dolphins fan right now. Uh, and as of 7-12, December 5th, December 5th, the Dolphins are the number one seed in the AFC. I'm happy. I'm very, very happy. Huge win for the Dolphins this week, but uh, we will get into that. Uh, this episode, a little peek behind the curtains here. Uh, my laptop randomly just didn't save the video that I recorded, so I'm doing all of this again. Yay! Uh, it took me an hour to do it last time, hoping to be under an hour for this, but uh, I guess we will see. Uh, but this episode, as always, going to recap the games, going to give a quick NFL weekly update. But before I get into that, uh, happy holidays, as you can see over to my right here. I got the Christmas tree up. Uh, no decorations on it yet. That is coming tomorrow, but uh, nonetheless, happy holidays, and with the holiday season... Basically here, uh, I am doing a giveaway. I am giving away an NFL jersey. I'm putting that in air quotes because jerseys are expensive uh, and times are tough. So I'm going to be nice and I'm going to give away a lovely AliExpress DH Gate jersey. They got some good ones there. They got some quality ones there for less than half the price. So let me be generous and the way to enter this contest basically on this post you have to like share uh follow the page on instagram and that's it at the around christmas on christmas maybe i will enter everyone's names into a hat or a wheel haven't really decided i'll pick someone's name out of the hat that person wins the jersey um yeah uh, so good luck, happy holidays to everyone. Uh, and with that, let's get into the NFL weekly update here. Starting off with a signing, uh, Shaq Leonard, formerly of the Colts, former All-Pro, has signed with the Eagles, who desperately needed the help, uh, on Sunday, and they get a bit of relief. Now, I don't know if Shaq Leonard is that player that he was when he was an All-Pro, for the Colts, there is a reason that they let him go. He wanted to be an every-down linebacker. They didn't think he was that anymore. Uh, I guess we'll see. Now, Shaq Leonard, better than the Eagles linebackers that they have currently. So this is a boost for them because uh, they need that boost after getting whooped. And we'll get to that game fairly shortly anyways. But uh, yeah, good for Shaq Leonard landing with the contender. The other team that he was thinking of was the Cowboys, who they do play on Sunday. So that's, I guess, the storyline going into the game. Uh, yeah, we will keep going here. Next note up, uh, former Cardinals, and I say former now, uh, Cardinals tight end. Zach Ertz did ask for his release from the team. Cardinals granted that request. He is free to sign with a contender. I think Cardinals were okay because they were like, yeah, Trey McBride's fucking sick. We're good. Uh, 
go go try to win another Super Bowl. So I think it's two options. It really boils it down. And because I've did this the first time, I can cut out some of the dead air in time of me thinking. So the Eagles, obvious, obvious choice. Um, he played there. Dallas Goddard's already is hurt right now. They need they need another tight end, and then running two tight end sets. They, I'm sure that they're very comfortable with that. So uh, that would be a good spot. Or the team that I'm repping right now, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I love Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe is a great blocker, but he can do nothing pass-catching-wise for the team. Zach Ertz, good blocker, good receiver. Now, is he the Zach Ertz of a few seasons ago? No, of course not, but uh, he's still an NFL contributor, and I would be happy to have him on the team for a playoff push here. Uh, And yeah, those are the two teams. I don't think any other contending team needs him, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, Final, final NFL note here. And this has already been in the media a ton, uh, but Ryan Shazier has allegedly cheated on his wife. Uh, Normally, I wouldn't comment on something like this because whatever, it's your personal life. I'm against cheating. I think it's wrong, but whatever. Uh, But no, this this is warranted to talk about for the sole reason of one thing, and we'll get to that one thing very quickly. But uh, if you don't know who Ryan Shazier is, just a little backup, went to Ohio State, was a first-round pick by the Steelers, was in a very bad accident on the football field, was paralyzed for a short time. And when I say a short time, I feel like he didn't have mobility in his lower half for like a few months, rehabbed, worked his ass off, got back to basically 100%. He'll never be 100% again, but he can walk, he can move all good, and his wife there through thick and thin through all of it, but uh, no, he decides to have a mistress, mistress whatever. Uh, Also, to be fair, whenever I like double say something in a different tone, usually put an air quotes around it, because I don't know, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, so in Columbus where he went to school, uh, so yeah, so the text that his wife put on Instagrams uh, screenshotted there, uh, they were just kind of flirty, flirty texts, nothing really incriminating. You can, it's definitely flirting, but it's not like, oh, that's like a dick pic or whatever. But uh, no, the uh, thing that was really caught off guard, nothing prompted these texts, nothing. Uh, he just started the conversation at, oh, he was horny. He was horny at 1017 on a Monday night, but sent this woman the ultimate guide to anal sex for women, second edition. And Blow by Blow, a step-by-step guide on how to give blowjobs so explosive that he will be willing to do anything for you. Now, uh, I don't know if this is, I mean, the fact that there was a first edition of the Ultimate Guide for Anal Sex for Women, and author, author, I guess in air quotes there too, Tristan Taramio, found enough new evidence to have a full other book for this. Uh, Absolutely insane. And I don't know if you were, if, or if, if you're a woman out there, if you would rather have like a dick pic sent to you or someone send you unprompted books where they look like they're from the nineties. Either way, weird move. Ryan Chazier, his spotlight has shrunk a shit ton now. Uh, yeah, and I guess let's move on to the Week 13 recap. 
So, as always, let's start off with the game that we watched most recently, Monday Night Football. Big upset here, Bengals 34, Jags 31. The game went to overtime, uh, and I think we got to start it off with, it's Joe Burrow a system quarterback? Uh, obviously not. We all know that, I mean, if you're smart, you know that football is a team game and good players elevate you around you. But either way, uh, Jake Browning, absolutely incredible game. Uh, 32 of 37, 354 yards, one passing touchdown. Uh, also added 20, 22 rushes on the ground and a TD. We love to see it. Uh, good for Jake Browning for proving a lot of the haters and doubters wrong. Proving Vegas wrong because they were a minus 10 or sorry, plus 10. They were plus 10 in this one. Big underdogs. They pull out the upset. Uh, and I don't know what more Joe Burrow could have done, really. Uh, obviously, Jake Browning started off slow, was throwing screens and short passes, but that was the game plan. It's like, hey, let's get your arm going. Let's get you in rhythm. Then we're going to start taking shots. And it did, honestly. Credit where credit is due. Great job, Zach Taylor, on this game plan. Uh, Jamar Chase, one of his best games of the season. 11 catches, 149 yards, and that one TD. Uh, Yeah, the Bengals just cooked. They rolled. They looked fantastic. Now they're sitting at 6-6, tied with the Broncos and the Bills. One spot out of the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs, but now it is interesting. If Jake Browning continues to play like this, I'm... Color me intrigued, anyways, um, I think you can say. Uh, Last note for the Bengals here, Tyler Boyd. uh, They ran a double reverse, and then it was going to end with Tyler Boyd throwing a football pass. He is no Mohamed Sanu. Uh, That pass was picked off by Josh Allen. It was literally just thrown right to him. I don't know where he was throwing to, but... Uh, Maybe you shouldn't throw the ball anymore. Tyler Boyd, uh, one last note, rookie Chase Brown also had a good day. Nine carries, 61 yards, 6.8 average. Look look for him next year in fantasy because I think he's here to steal Joe Mixon's job. Uh, Jags on the other side. Started off... uh, I take that back. I take that back. They were cooking in the third quarter, though, and then down goes Trevor Lawrence with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Lawrence on the day was 22 of 29, 258 yards, two passing t- TDs before leaving. And then in comes CJ Beathard, nine for 10, 63 yards, nothing and nothing. Uh, big, big loss for the Jags. Now it hasn't been said how long he's going to be out, but high ankle sprain with Kenny Pickett, they said it was going to be a couple weeks. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence is on the same, same time timetable. Maybe they'll try to play him because they are fighting for playoffs, fighting for the division. Because now, here come the Texans and Colts, one game back of the Jags. Uh, absolutely crazy, but uh, yeah, this is concerning for the Jags. Uh, I still expect them to make the playoffs, but they have made it much easier for them to not make it anymore. Uh, another injury that they had in this one, wide receiver Christian Kirk left with a core muscle injury. It looking like he needs surgery. He will be out for the season. That is very unfortunate for the team, uh, especially gearing up for the playoffs. But here we are. Uh, last note for the uh, Jags, uh, Josh Allen, Jaguars, Josh Allen, defensive Josh Allen. 
uh, added a sack and a half in this one and that interception that we talked about. He is having an absolutely incredible season. No one's really talking about him defensive player of the year-wise, but he has 13 and a half sacks on the year. Uh, he's becoming one of the better edge defenders in this league, I think. Hasn't broken through to that top class yet, but he's in that second tier right now. He's in that second tier. He is very, very good. Uh, and we can keep going all the way back to Thursday night now. Seahawks 35, Cowboys 41, and it might be time to talk about Dak MVP potentially. I think right now he's not the Vegas favorite. We'll talk about the Vegas favorite in a little bit here, but uh, I think he's second right now. Uh, For good reason. In the last seven games, Dak has completed 70% of his passes. He has uh, 2,173 yards, 23 total TDs, two interceptions, six and one record. He's been, he's been lights out. He's been incredible. And I, if the season ended today, Dak should win MVP. However, he has a lot of good teams still left to face, and that's how kind of the MVP award. It's a narrative-driven thing. Dak is playing really great football against a bunch of tomato can teams, and we'll see when he starts playing these good teams again. I know they play the Eagles this week, and that'll be a big test, but... uh yeah, I don't have confidence in Mike McCarthy against good opponents. That's just me, but uh, I guess we'll see. Right now, Dak is playing incredible football. He's been a top-five quarterback for the 2023 season. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, my other note in this one here, Deron Bland, who was getting Defensive Player of the Year conversations with his five pick-sixes, which is an NFL record, he added another interception in this one to make it his league-leading eighth, but he got absolutely cooked. He got cooked by DK. He got cooked by JSN. He got cooked at Lockett. They weren't scared. They know he's a ball-hawking guy. They put him in coverage against any of these Seahawks wide receivers who are all arguably wide receiver ones in their own right. But, uh, yeah, Deron Bland got cooked in this one mainly cooked by DK Metcalf, who six catches, 134 yards, three TDs. Uh, on his first TD, cooked Bland, ran it to the house, uh, Was got the fastest ball carrier speed for the season so far, surpassing Tyreek, and it's insane. Like, Tyreek, 5'10", 185, muscle hamster, but keyword there, hamster. Tyreek is small. Tyreek is very small. And I say very small. He's small for NFL standards. DK, DK's got that same speed, but he's built like a tank. He is built like a brick shit house, and that man flies down the field. Now, can he turn laterally and still keep going that fast? No. Can Tyreek? Yes, that's the big difference. Straight line speed, though. Tyreek's still faster, but Tyreek's not built like DK. People built like DK shouldn't be able to run that fast, so DK... Great, great job. Continue to shit-talk in sign language, please. Uh, but yeah, this might be... Oh, I was going to check the if Micah Parsons continued his DPOI. No sacks on the day from Parsons. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the Seahawks team. Uh, still in the playoff hunt, still in a playoff spot. They are 6-6, six and six, uh, and that puts them tied with the Vikings, the Packers, and the Rams now. 
Uh, they are currently the second team out of the wild card base off head-to-head. And that's the thing about the NFC races. You know that the Cowboys and or Eagles are going to grab that first wild card spot. So it only comes down to two spots. Uh, and I guess we'll see. But yeah, the Seahawks had a very good game, but was kind of wasted. And I said this in the first time I recorded, but... Uh, it's like, yeah, like the Seahawks, you know, they were dropping games when they really shouldn't have, and they they really didn't. They lost to a commander's team that they definitely should have beat, but they lost the games that they were realistically supposed to and weren't favored in. Uh, obviously, you got to beat the commanders, but uh, they didn't, and here we are, and now they don't control their own destiny, which is always scary. But, uh, yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, it was a good offensive performance. They... They tried, but wasn't wasn't enough. Uh, and yeah, I guess we'll see if they make the playoffs now at this point. I doubt it now, but uh, I guess we'll see. On to the Sunday slate. And I was going to stop recording, but I'm going to trust it a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, actually, I should trust my computer. Should I trust my computer? No, I'm going to pause it after I do a few more games here. Uh, next game up. Sorry, that's... Yeah, podcast things, haha. Uh, next game up, Broncos 17, Texans 22. Uh, this came, game t- came down to a final drive by the Broncos to win the game, and it ended with Russ getting picked off by Jimmy Ward in the end zone. Uh, but really, the Texans, it's the story of these young guys on their team. Will Anderson, Derek Stingley came up huge in this one. Anderson had two sacks, Stingley had two interceptions, and... Derek Stingley, after kind of being hurt, uh, he was hurt last year, hurt at the start of this season, but in his last three games, four interceptions, three pass breakups, uh, he's looking like he's he is worth that third overall selection. Will Anderson has been a force all season. I think he only has like five and a half sacks on the season, but he's been, been, been getting better every single game. I think he has close to 50 pressures on the season, and that's really what matters. It's pressures. Is whoever pressures is the guy who's actually creating the disruption on the play. Uh, yeah, and C.J. Stroud wasn't a world-beating C.J. Stroud performance, but he did exactly what he needed to do. He was uh, 16 of 27 for 274 yards and a TD on the game, also added 11 yards rushing. Uh, I don't know. This Texans team is very good. However, uh, Tank Dell did get injured on a QB sneak because for some reason they put his tiny ass in. I said Tyreek is tiny. Tank Dell is like 165 pounds. He should not be anywhere inside the line on a QB sneak. He was. He got rolled up on, uh, and he broke his leg. So Tank Dell is now out for the rest of the year. That sucks for the Texans, but uh, yeah, Texans are very good. And shout out to Nico Collins. Nine catches, 191 yards, one TD. He's having... An absolutely incredible sophomore campaign. I think he's. I think this is his second year in the league. Could I be wrong? His third year in the league. Either way, having having a great, great third year. Uh, yeah, uh, Broncos on the other side. Uh, really came down to the defense couldn't cause turnovers that it has been causing in previous games. The reason that they have been winning games is the defense, because the defense is very good, and the offense just isn't there. Uh, 
Cortland Sutton is just kind of seems like he's due for one massive play uh, for the game. He was two for 77 and a touchdown with a 45-yard TD grab. And there's his one play. Like, great job. Uh, great job, Sutton. And he has been their best weapon on the Broncos. But uh, the run game couldn't get going. And I was told by some people that Russ was back. Russ is a top-10 quarterback. Yada, yada, yada. Uh Russ still can't cook. He can... I'll take it back. Russ can't cook as well as he did in Seattle. The cuisine is much different up there. Let's just say that. Uh, is he better than last year? He's much better. But Russ cooking, they've they've let him to be like, you're get out of the kitchen, we're done with you, to, okay, you can put the lean cuisine in the microwave, put the timer on, take it out, boom, you're cooking, Russ. Uh, but, like, when he's talking about, like, he can't make like box mac and cheese. He can't make tacos on Taco Tuesday. Like Russ can't cook. And when you need Russ to cook, this is what you get. You get a 15 of 26, 186 yard, one TD, three interception performance. Uh, again, Russ is better than he was last year, but he's clearly not the solution for this Broncos team going forward. Now his contract is massive and I don't know how you get out of that, but, uh, I guess we will see. I guess we will see. But yeah, the Broncos, this is this was a loser leaves town. I don't think the Broncos will make the playoffs. They now have four teams ahead of them. Or yeah, four teams at seven and five. They're at six and six and they're tied with the Bengals and the Bills at six and six, who I both think are better teams than them now at this point. But I guess we shall see. I guess we shall see. The playoff races are heating up. Uh, next game up here. Chargers, six. Patriots, nothing. And I would first like to apologize to any NFL fans out there. Uh, This is not what we expect when we turn on the TVs at 1 p.m. on Sunday to watch this great game called football. Uh, This game was a stain. This game was a stain on the history of the NFL uh, and truly just an embarrassing performance by both teams out there. I don't know what it is to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the Chargers and the Patriots put you through this awful, awful display of football. And I guess let's start with the Chargers here. Uh, Austin Eckler has quickly become one of the worst running backs in the NFL. I don't know if he's still injured from when he got injured earlier in the season, if he's still kind of fighting through that. But he is he has been the worst running back in the NFL. I don't think that there's really much to argue. I think he averaged 1.9 yards per carry in this one. He's been shit. Quinn Johnson continuing his drops, continuing to prove why he's not even a top 10 rookie receiver right now. I forget what the list is, but I think off the top of my head, guys with more yards on him, Puka Nakua, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Michael Wilson, Tank Dell. Uh, I'm forgetting. Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt. Either way, there's a lot of better rookies right now than Quinn Johnson. And this isn't saying Quinn Johnson's a bust, blah, blah, blah. Is he trending that way? Yeah. Do I think that he will be a bust? Probably, but... A lot of things can happen. A lot of an you know, offseason can fix things, but he needs to go to the jugs machine and start catching some balls because he has a case of the yips right now. Um, what else is there to say? Keenan Allen played fine. Five catches, I think 54 yards. 
Uh, and I don't know if we want to talk about Justin Herbert, I guess a little bit too. If people want to put you as a top three quarterback, top five quarterback, these are games where obviously you won the game. It's not your fault that your receivers can't catch the ball, but it's got to be better somehow, right? Like if the quarterback is truly the whole focal point, the most important position on the field, like I think that you could have dropped a few other quarterbacks in that situation and they would have scored more. I don't know. This is I I shouldn't be really hating on Herbert like it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's the coaching, it's everything around him. I can't believe I'm kind of defending him here, but this is the Chargers are ass. They're so bad. Uh lone bright spot for them is uh Khalil Mack having a resurrection for his career. He has leading leading the league 15 sacks, two sacks in this one. Uh unbelievable that I mean, he hasn't had a double-digit sack season since 2018, and now he's at 15, leading the league on pace to break the NFL sack record. Uh, good for Khalil Mack. Patriots, the Patriots, I don't even know where to start. I have some stats, though, for you. Uh, the Bengals. The Bengals last night scored more points than the Patriots have since the end of October. That's four games. Uh, the Bengals have scored more points in last night's game with Jake Browning at their quarterback than the Pats have all month. Sad. Uh, other stat here, the Dolphins' defense has more touchdowns than the Patriots in the last three games. Our defense has more points than their offense in the last, th- more touchdowns in the last three games. That is flat-out embarrassing, should never happen, Uh, but this Patriots team stinks. Their defense played well. Their defense played great, and they do. They have a arguably fringe top 10 defense, even with their guys out right now. Like, but the offense is just so, so, so bad. Uh, I, I, I truly don't get it, but, uh, here they are. They currently have the second overall pick here. Uh, and they're in line to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, and I guess we'll see. But one of those QBs is going to get dropped into one of the worst offensive situations in football. Now, I know they have $100 million in cap space next year. They have some guys to re-sign on their own team, and then you got to find weapons. you got to find tackles. you got to have find interior linemen. You literally have to find every single position on offense, because they don't have a single, like, quality NFL guy on that team. Like, I take that back. They obviously have some quality NFL players, but it's like, they don't have any good, they don't have any good starters on their team right now. I don't know. Complete overhaul for the Pats. They absolutely stink. But, uh, yeah, again, sorry for anyone who put themselves uh, through watching this game. I feel bad for you. Uh... Okay, next game up here, we have the Lions 33, Saints 28. Lions came out the gates hot, ready to go, pissed off after losing that Thanksgiving game to the Packers. Came out 24-0 lead, TDs by Monty, Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then here come the Saints slowly clawing their way back into this one. Almost came back, and then Lions... 
nail in the coffin, Jameson Williams on an end around, runs it for a TD. Uh, and that was that. Lions, I... They're not, they're not contenders. I have seen enough. Their defense is not playing well. The offense is still playing great, but... Uh, things need to change, and things that are not working, and this should have been a game where, yep, we're going to step on their throats, and we're going to win this one, and we're going to win this one by a lot, and... They, again, they were never trailing in this one, but even a comeback that large, not really great. Um, yeah, the the real shout-out in this one goes to Sam Laporta. Nine catches, 140 yards, one TD on the day. Uh, he has been on an absolute tear. He has 64 catches for 679 yards and six TDs on the year. Uh, he's on pace to break a thousand yards as a rookie, which doesn't happen with uh, with rookie tight ends very frequently. Uh, but yeah, great on the Lions and great on GM Brad Holmes to trade Iowa product TJ Hawkinson away and then draft Iowa product Sam Laporta to come in and just basically immediately fill that role that Hawkinson left. Uh, good smart drafting there. Uh, but yeah, the Lions. The Lions worry me. The Lions worry me a little bit. Uh, Saints, on the other hand, uh, Carr left with Carr left with an injury. What that injury was it says concussion. It was also a shoulder injury. I think that Derek Carr is just hurt, and Jameis Winston came in, didn't do a ton. Uh, it was kind of the Jameis and Taysom show. Uh, once Carr came out, and it was kind of the unraveling there. I guess it'll be interesting to see what Jameis Winston can does for the next few weeks, but honestly, who really cares? The Saints are not a good team. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Graham for getting a TD. You still exist in the NFL in 2023. Good for you. Well, this is a name I haven't seen in a while. Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden, uh, former Dolphin, had two carries for negative six, six yards. So he his longest carry of the day was four yards. So that means that he had a negative 10-yard rush. Cool. Cool. Good for you. Uh, Chris Olave, five catches for 119. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know where the Saints go. Their GM, Mickey Loomis, kick, kicking the can down the road, guaranteed money after guaranteed money, signing bonuses, blah, 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 to always be cap compliant, but... For what? This team sucks. This roster isn't good. This roster is aging. I don't even know what it looks like trading some of these guys away with their contracts. Like, you're, they're going to have to trade guys away for peanuts, essentially, to get, like, to really reset this roster. Because as of right now, they're kind of always going to be in this weird middle ground purgatory that doesn't help you in the NFL. Because to change things in the NFL, the Dolphins were there for a long time. You got to have a top five pick. Like, to really get things, to really flip your franchise around. The Saints just won't be doing that when they still have quality players on their roster. Uh, I think Derek Carr is also tied to them for another, like, three years uh, at very bad cap hits, too. So uh, have fun with that. That's a contract that's going to be very, very hard to get out of. So that should be fun. But, uh, yeah, the Saints, we have... There's going to be a lot of talk this offseason about what the fuck you're going to do, but... Uh, until then, we can move on. We can't move on yet. One more note from this game. Uh, 
the man holding the chains on the sideline was run into uh, after a play ended. Uh, ended up, looks like he broke his leg or his knee popped out and was dislocated. Either way, his leg should not have bent like that. Uh, they showed a replay of it because I don't think that they know knew how bad the injury was. Uh, yeah, not a great injury whatsoever. I wish him the best. I, best. I was wondering what kind of like the hazard pay was for an NFL chain guy. Is it a workplace injury? So like, does he get paid for the remainder of the games that he was supposed to? I wonder how much money a guy like that even makes. Lots of questions came from that, but what the main thing is, is wish him a full speedy recovery and we can move on. Uh, next game up here. Oh, I backed out too far. Nope. That's next week. Next game up Cardinals 24 Steelers 10, uh, was the longest game of the season. Multiple weather delays in this one. Uh, the game ended up being longer than four hours, which sucks if you're the Steelers fans because you sat there for four hours and saw your team get the shit kicked out of them. Not really, but uh, yeah, Cardinals end up winning this one. Uh, nothing really to say. I'm just going to give out a shout-out to Trey McBride in his sophomore year. Eight catches, 89 yards, one TD. There's a reason why they cut Zach Ertz is because they have him and they like him a lot. And Kyler likes him a lot, apparently. And also shout out to James Connor, 25 rushes, 105 yards, two TDs was a James Connor revenge game. Uh, yeah. And he looked like the best running back on the field. So good for James Connor, Connor, good for the Cardinals. I mean, a win's a win, but who really cares at this point? You're still one of the worst teams in the league. Steelers on the other hand, looked good again. They were cooking. Uh, Kenny Pickett was 7 for 10 for 70 yards, and then he decided to scramble with the ball. High ankle sprain for him. He's out for a couple weeks. Uh, then the offense just kind of didn't look what it could have looked like. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 11 for 17, 117 yards, one passing touchdown. And it is hard to get into rhythm when you're playing, and then you stop, and then you play again, and then you stop again. Like, there was long pauses in this game. Like, this wasn't a regular game. But, uh... Yeah, not not great from the Steelers, and this is a game that the Steelers should have won, and now they are tied with three other teams at 7-5 and five for this AFC wildcard race, and they should be a game up on all of them, and they are not now, and if Kenny Pickett can't come back, and I can't believe I'm saying this, oh, if Kenny Pickett can't come back, like, the Steelers might be in trouble, because he looked good for a game and a quarter. Not really saying a ton, but he did look good for a game and a quarter, so... Hopefully he's back soon, but yeah, this uh, the Steelers team and the Steelers defense is going to need to steal some wins. So if I take a quick look at their schedule here. Uh, Patriots, okay, so, oh yeah, right, Thursday night football, that's going to be terrible. But Patriots, uh, that should be an easy win, that's going to be terrible. That's going to be terrible. Uh, yeah, we we can move on from this one. Next game up, another terrible game. Falcons 13, Jets 8. I really have nothing written down for the Falcons. They weren't good. The Jets are just awful. Um, I think Bijan Robinson had his worst game as a pro so far. He had 18 carries on the day for 53 yards, 2.9 average. Added another 26 uh, receiving Desmond Ritter, 12 of 27, 121 yards, no interceptions, which that is the big the big thing. If this Jets defense could have forced some turnovers, then 
I think the Jets would have won, but they did not. And that's why the Falcons won. And the other reason the Falcons won is because they have actual talented players on their offense where the Jets have two. The Jets have two. And I got a Jets stat right here to just talk about really how good this defense is more than anything. The Jets defense has more safeties in the first quarter of football games this year than uh, touchdowns by the offense. That is sad. That is painfully sad. Uh, And yeah, this game was awful. I mean, they got a safety in this one and it still didn't matter. The Jets could do nothing. Uh, Tim Boyle, 14 of 25, 148, one interception. Then he gets benched for Trevor Simeon, 5 of 13 for 66 yards. Uh, I don't know what the point of benching Tim Boyle was. Like, Trevor Simeon wasn't about to provide that spark off the bench. Like, they're both bad quarterbacks who probably shouldn't be in the league. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of guys, like especially guys like uh, like Trevor Simeon now who had like a good year and now he's just hanging around as a backup. Like get younger guys. Like let's get some new life in here and guys who, I don't know, whatever. I'm kind of going on a tangent. Uh, and then, yeah, Tim Boyle has since been released from the Jets. Uh, the Jets have picked up Brett Rippon from the Rams. I don't think Brett Rippon's going to start, but they are playing the Rams. And the fact that they're using him to scout ahead for the Rams is honestly kind of sad. Is that why they're doing it? I, I think that I think that I read that they're playing the Rams this week. No, they're playing the Texans this week. No, because the Texans picked up the safety that they cut for the... Either way, uh, Brett Rippon is now a Jets quarterback. Who cares? Zach Wilson is going back to being the starter. Uh, he reluctantly took the job, even though Robert Sala... So Zach Wilson went to the media, had some very kind of coy comments about like, oh yeah, like I'll guess like I'll take the job back, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but apparently Sala came out and he's like, no, he's been asking to be back in there. And I don't know if there's a disconnect, and I don't know if Zach Wilson is just bad with the media, but uh, if he is actually reluctant to play quarterback again, like, Zach, this is your last chance to make an impression and any positive impression, or you're done. Your NFL career is done. There is no reason for it to continue past this season. Um, Will he still be on a roster? Yeah, but, like, he's not playing anymore. This is his last chance to prove people that he can play in this league. I don't think that he will, but uh, that's beside the point. Anything else left to talk about in this one? No, let's keep going. Uh, Colts 31, Titans 28. This game went to overtime. Won't have much to really say in this one. Obviously, it was a very good game. Gardner Minshew is continuing his crazy run. I know I was Baker Mayfield, the new Fitzmagic. Gardner Minshew held that title, and I think he still proudly holds that title. He's just fun to watch. He's a he's a good quarterback. I, I like Gardner Minshew a ton. 26 of 42, 312 yards, two passing TDs. Uh, Michael Pittman, big day, 11 of 105, one TD. He's having a career year for him. Uh, he's well on pace to shatter his previous career highs. Good for Michael Pittman. Uh, Alec Pierce came alive in this one. Three catches, 100 yards, one TD. After not really doing much, I kind of compared him to a poor man's Gabe Davis. 
because Gabe Davis at least has a good game, a bad game, a good game, a bad game, where Alec Pierce has had nothing, 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 nothing. Oh my God, what a game. So I guess we'll see what he keeps doing here. But uh, yeah, the Colts squeak this one out. And I think a big reason for that was the Titans, on the other hand, Derrick Henry, incredible game before leaving with a concussion, 21 of 102, two TDs. Uh, and it's funny when I click on Derrick Henry here and I look at like his news clippings, it's, oh, Derrick Henry enters concussion protocol. And then it's from the same day, Derrick Henry, uh, actually never had a concussion. So whatever, but he had a great game, continues tractor Cito season, two TDs, 102 yards. I think I said that, uh, their other rookie running back, Ty J Spears, 16 of 75, no TDs. He also added 13 yards receiving and four four catches. Uh, Derrick Henry is a free agent after this year, and I think that they are willing to let him go. Let Ty J Spears take the carry the ball. Let him be their guy because he's been good. He has been very good in his limited touches so far. Obviously, he's no Derrick Henry, but he has been uh, incredible. After that, not really much to talk about. Jeffrey Simmons did leave the game with an injury, with a knee injury, could miss multiple games. That is a big loss for this Titans defense, but at this point, who really cares? Uh, so we will keep moving on. Next game up, Dolphins 45, Commanders 15. We kicked the shit out of them. It was easy. It was easy from the start. Uh, I think our very first drive, Tua hit a 78-yard touchdown to Tyreek because... They showed some really ridiculous coverage with no help over the top. And it was like, okay, Tyreek, go. Uh, and he went. He went. Uh, Tyreek is having an absolute incredible season. He needs 519 yards to hit that 2,000-yard mark to be the first receiver to ever do it. And honestly, I would put Tyreek as my MVP favorite right now. I know he is not by Vegas oddbook standards, but... None of these quarterbacks, It's it's been a quarterback award. I think we can agree on that. It's been a quarterback award. But to me, if you're having a record-breaking season, a season that no one in the history of the NFL has ever had, that should put you in the conversation more than it has for him. Uh, and people will be like, oh, well, what about CMC? CMC is having his own terrific year. I don't think it's his best year by his standards career-wise. But obviously, he's scoring a ton of touchdowns. I mean, we know his... TD record that he didn't continue a couple weeks ago, but nonetheless, but that also carries into last season. Just going to point that out. Uh, but he's not, he's not breaking records out there. Tyreek is going to break records. I think I'm confident saying that he's going to hit 2000 yards this season. Uh, and if he does, he should be MVP. Uh, and that's not to take away from Tua. Tua is incredible. Tua is fantastic. He's hitting these long balls. He's not dinking and dunking like some of these other quarterbacks. We'll talk about one soon enough here. But uh, yeah, the Dolphins looked great. The Dolphins looked great on both sides of the ball. Uh, before we talk about the defense, though, Devon Achan is back. Looked good. Added two TDs on the ground along with... Uh, two, TDs, two TDs on the ground, with 17 rushes, 73 yards, also had three catches for 30 yards. And he just needs a shout-out. So he's played in six games so far this year, really only four. The Patriots game, he got a handful of touches, and then the 
Uh, the Raiders game, he had one carry, hurt his knee again. They took him out. But so far on the year, so he has 101 yards receiving, 534 rushing. So that's 635 yards total. And he has nine TDs. He has... 635 yards and 9 TDs total in four games, four full games. This man is a weapon. He unlocks something new in our offense that we have needed. Our offensive line still looks great. Shout out to Liam Eichenberg, who had a hell of a game. Shout out to Austin Jackson, who was the number one rated tackle of the week per PFF. So take it with a grain of salt. But our offensive line is looking good. The receivers are still looking good. The running game looks fantastic. And our defense, I thought, it, oh, it might take a step back with, uh, with Jalen Phillips missing, and I think it will, but Andrew Van Ginkle was absolutely electric in his absence, continuing where he did at the start of the season when Phillips also missed some games. Uh, he came away with a pick six in this one, and when he was running into the house, he was flying. He was the fifth fastest ball carrier of the week with the time clocked over 20 miles an hour. Uh I think he's on the last year of his deal, and I think it's sad that he won't be a Dolphin this time next year. Someone's going to give him a bag. The Dolphins will not have enough money to pay him, unfortunately, I believe, unless Chris Greer finagles some things. But uh, don't let the Dolphins get hot. Our defense is playing well. The offense is playing well. We have the Titans and Jets coming up. Should both be easy wins. And then after that, the schedule gets tough. But I believe that we are going to win at least two of two or three of those games, we're dangerous. We're dangerous. We're the most dangerous team in the AFC. I say that with a straight face because I am not joking. I am dead serious. Miami's the best team in the AFC. I'm not going to put it on my power rankings because objectively the Ravens have had the better and we're going to play. We're going to play and we'll find out who's better. It's the Dolphins. Uh, Commanders on the other side. Uh, Terry McLaurin in this one after the game said he ran a lot of cardio out there today. Uh, he did. He did not record a catch. I don't even know if he got targeted. I'm sure he got targeted, but either way, no catches for Terry McLaurin. Uh, Brian Robinson left the game with a hamstring injury in this one. He was their only real contributor. Uh, he was averaging 7.6 yards a carry before he went out. Sam Howell on the day, though, 12 for 23, 127 yards. That one interception was a pick six. That now makes it three straight games with pick sixes for Sam Howell here. Uh, he is one away from tying Matt Schaub's record for four straight games with pick sixes. If you don't know who Matt Schaub is, he was a QB for the Texans in the early 10s. And honestly, a pretty good quarterback. A pretty good quarterback. Uh, and then this happened to him. He started throwing these pick sixes and... It kind of broke him, and then he was never really the same guy again. Uh, Sam Howell's young enough where I think that he'll shake it off, but uh, a little bit concerning, a little bit concerning for the Commanders. Uh, and the secondary, this Commander's secondary is one of the worst, I think it, it, sorry, it is the worst in the NFL by quite a w- wide margin. I think in plays given up 40-plus, they are like eight ahead of the next, of the second team, and then for 30-plus uh, yard pass plays, they're like seven ahead. They're not good, and I mean, they could have used some help in rookie Christian Gonzalez, but no, they chose to pick the six foot three, 160 pound Emmanuel Forbes, who just gets killed out there because he's not, he needs to put on like 30 pounds of weight. Uh, yeah, I'm never going to let the commanders lift that down if Gonzo actually lives up to his true potential because he was right there and they could have taken him, and I don't know why they chose not to, but. 
here we are, Commander Stink, Ron Rivera, you took over play calling. Great job, Bozo. Uh, we shall keep moving on. Panthers 18, Bucks 21. Uh, my only note in this one, Mike Evans breaks the 1,000-yard mark on the season. He's having a fantastic career. Or he is having a fantastic career, but he's having a fantastic season is what I meant to say. And there's debate about, oh, Mike Evans, is he a Hall of Famer? He is a sure surefire Hall of Famer if I've ever seen one. Ten straight 1,000-yard seasons. I think the record previously was six. Like, he is dominating. He has stayed healthy, and health is a large part of how you make the Hall of Fame. Longevity matters, and he's doing that, and he's doing something that no one else in the history of the league has done, and that is important, and that matters. And it also matters that he's been catching past passes from guys like Jameis Winston and Mike Glennon and Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Fitzpatrick and can I think of another Buccaneers quarterback obviously Tom Brady but Tom Brady was his only good quarterback that he's had in his career um maybe Josh Freeman I don't think Josh Freeman was there at that time if you don't know Josh Freeman it doesn't matter he was a very bad quarterback uh yeah I shout out to Mike Evans Mike Evans is incredible uh I don't really have anything else to say for the Bucs. Panthers on the other side. Chuba. Chuba had a good game. Had a great game, actually. Had 25 carries for 104 yards, two TDs. Good for you. Panthers looked decent. Not really, but we can keep moving. Panthers officially eliminated from the playoffs. Crazy that they have one win and we're still in playoff contention last week because this is how bad the NFC South is. Uh, we'll keep rolling, though. Next game up, Browns 19, Rams 36. Uh, the Rams are good. Somehow, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Matt Stafford had a good game in this one. 22 of 37, 279 yards, three TDs. Puka Nakua... Uh, four catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Also added two rushes for 34 yards. Kyron Williams, 21 of 88, one TD. This is a good Rams offense when fully healthy. Uh, now, they were playing a banged-up Browns defense that is definitely missing Denzel Ward. Uh, Miles Garrett was active in this one, but off, did not make the impact that he usually does. And the Rams took advantage. Uh yeah, I think it's as, it's as simple as that. The Rams were the better team in this one, and the Browns team, who has also been dropping games, still in that wild card spot. But uh, QB Joe Flacco honestly kind of surprised me. He looked okay. He looked pretty good. 23 of 44, 254 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, yeah. Joe Flacco is still around somehow. Uh, and if you were to tell Browns fans at the start of the year, like you're going to be in a wild card spot fighting for fighting for a wild card spot with Joe Flacco throwing to Elijah Moore and Jerome Ford running the ball, they'd call you crazy. They'd be like, what the fuck? What drugs are you smoking? Uh, but that is the harsh reality right now for the Browns. And I say Elijah Moore instead of Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper left the game with a concussion too. Uh, I think he's probably going to be out next week after that. Who knows? But uh, 
wish him a speedy recovery, but yeah, I don't know. The Browns are teetering. The Rams are on the up and up tied with the Seahawks, Packers, and Vikings all for that final wild card spot. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's keep let's keep going though, and we are on to the most highly touted matchup of the week: Niners forty-two, Eagles nineteen. The Niners kicked the absolute shit out of the Eagles. It was a whooping. It was a whooping from basically after the first two Eagles possessions, where they went down, they kicked two field goals. Ooh, six nothing. Ooh, look at us. We're so good. Uh, and then the Niners did whatever the hell they wanted to for the rest of the game. They had six straight touchdown possessions. Uh, the Niners are very good. The Niners are the best team in football by quite a wide margin. I think it's the Niners alone up top and then everybody else. Uh, and I think that's very fair to say when they are healthy. And I will say when they are healthy because we've seen this Niners team when Debo misses games, when Trent Williams is hurt and missing games, they lost three straight. I've said it, This that's their one their one caveat for this team, is they need to stay healthy. When they're fully healthy, they can beat anyone. They can beat anyone with relative ease. No one's even looked like they can stop them when fully healthy. Uh, but yeah, health, health is the concern, because when one of these guys go out, whether it be and a Debo or a Trent Williams or a Kittle or a CMC or a Brock Purdy or an Ayuk, it changes the complete, like changes the offense entirely. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I don't think that Brock Purdy should be the MVP favorite, especially after that game. Cause again, his stats, his stats look good. The box score looks good for him. He was, 19 of 27, 314 yards, four TDs. But you look at you look at the numbers here. Uh, Debo Samuel, four catches, 116 yards, two TDs. A lot of that was yak. Debo was a, like an, an animal. After all the insulting and shit talking that he did to the Eagles, he backed it up entirely. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy is a yak merchant. I think that he benefits a lot more than other QBs that get called a yak merchant to a um, like like Brock Purdy is still a very good quarterback. He's doing exactly what needs to be asked, but he has all pro level players on every level of the field f- for him. And I'm not going to knock that because that's fantastic, but it's, yeah. And I think as long as the Niners stay healthy, they're going to roll. Uh, the defense also played very well in this one. No one really... Shout out, though. Uh, Eagles on the other side. I mean, uh, A.J. Brown, 8 for 114. Devontae Smith, 9 for 96 in a TD. Like, Hurts, 26 of 45, 298 in a TD. They could not run the ball, and when the Eagles cannot run the ball, they cannot function as an offense. Uh, yeah, they just, I don't know. They got straight up embarrassed. They got whooped. Uh one one note for the Eagles, for the roster anyways, that I have to note. Uh, Lane Johnson is one of the best right tackles of all time. He absolutely clamped, whether it be Nick Bosa or Chase Young, whoever was going against him, didn't make an impact. And he's been doing that his entire career. So he just deserves a big shout out. Uh, 
And the other play to talk about is Big Dom, Dom DeSandro, the Eagles head of security, I guess, uh, was on the sideline for whatever reason. And uh, there was a scuffle, scuffle on the sideline between the Eagle and a Niners player. And Big Dom got in the middle, separated Dre Greenlaw, put it put a hand on Dre Greenlaw for sure. And then Dre Greenlaw pointed and kind of nicked his face. And then they both got kicked out of the game. Uh, but people are calling for Big Dom to never be on an NFL sideline again. And you can't touch the player. And then it's like, he's doing his job. And it's also, if he was a coach and he were getting in between the two players, like, I don't know what the difference is. Uh, either way, that was a big storyline from the game was Big Dom DeSandro. Uh Getting getting involved in a kerfuffle there, but we can move on. We can move on because uh, yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles got shit kicked. The Eagles got shit kicked, and there's a reason why they added Shaq Leonard. Their linebackers absolutely got cooked. Uh and we can go to the last game of the week, Sunday Night Football. Another big upset here: Chiefs 19, Packers 27. And I got to start off this one with this kind of that final drive. And the officiating is just so bad. It's been so bad, and it's so bad on both sides, and it's so bad all over the league. But So we start with the unnecessary roughness call. Pat Mahomes running for the first down, still inbounds, then gets hit, gets hit hard, uh, but still inbounds. And he was going for the first down, and that defender was like, I'm going to stop him from getting the first down, and he tried. Uh, called unnecessary roughness, was not unnecessary roughness, really fucking stupid. Uh, then we have, there was no defense pass interference while the defender was literally piggyback riding Marcus Valdez-Scantling while the ball wasn't even in frame. Uh, somehow that was missed. That was one of the most egregious misses of DPI that I have seen since the Saints-Rams NFC Championship game. Sorry to give PTSD to some Saints fans there, but, uh, it was that bad. Uh, and then the clock stopped on an MVS catch where he caught it. His forward progress stopped, and then he got pushed out of bounds backwards by, like, a few yards. It's not even like, oh, we took a step back and then out. No, he got pushed back, like, three, four yards, and then he went out. Clock stopped for whatever reason. Very bad on the refs there. And then uh, the Hail Mary attempt. Hail Mary, Pat Mahomes throws it to the end zone, and Travis Kelsey basically gets tackled. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you have to call that on a Hail Mary. No, I'm under the impression where... Uh, Hail Marys are basically school rules where if 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 you play the game jackpot where very simple premise, one guy has the ball, he calls out whatever number of points, and then a group of people gotta jump up for the ball and fight for fight to catch that ball. Uh there was loud pushing, there was a loud shoving. Tackling, I don't know, but either way, that's they're not gonna call a defensive pass interference in the end zone on a Hail Mary. That would be absolutely ridiculous. I think defenders are kind of starting to realize that now and are going to try to get away with more shit. Uh, I guess we will see. But that's how the game ended. Uh, But nothing to take away from the Packers here and Jordan Love. Um, Matt LaFleur, though, goes to 16-0 in December as the Packers head coach. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback for all of those starts except for this one. But... uh, yeah, Jordan Love in this one, though. 25 of 36, 267 yards, three TDs. Uh, his last month of football has been very impressive. He has 10 touchdowns in the last month, only two interceptions. I'm not going to do that mental math off the top of my head here, but he's had 
more than 265 passing yards in each of the last four games. Uh, he's looked he's looked great. This 2020 NFL draft class looks like it might have five franchise quarterbacks out of it, which is, I mean, that's unheard of. And five, they're all good, great quarterbacks. Like Jordan Love's definitely the worst one, but he looks like he's a guy and could be a guy for the future for this Packers. And I know some people were giving up. I was, I had my doubts with Jordan Love because he did not look great to start the year, but a lot of it had to do with these small mental mistakes that this young Packers receiving and weapons group was dealing with. Uh, and they've seemed to overcome those yips. They've seemed to got a grasp of the playbook now, and they look like a real team. They've looked very good the last couple of weeks. They continued against the Chiefs, and yeah, uh, watch out for the Packers, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Chiefs, on the other hand, though, I've been saying it all year. It's your your offense is not is not what it should be. And I mean, I know the defense gave up 27 in this one, but like, I don't know. You're the Chiefs. You're supposed to be able to score points at will and only putting up 19 against this Packers defense that hasn't been great all year. And they were running the ball well. Isaiah Pacheco, 18 for 110, 6.1 average, one TD. He's just fun to watch. I don't know how great of a running back he really is, but he tries his ass off and he's fun. Uh, Other than that, Travis Kelsey, four for 81. Uh, Rishi Rice, uh, eight catches, 64 yards. So nice to see him getting more involved because he should be getting more involved. He is their best wide receiver on this team. Uh, Pat Mahomes, 21 of 33, 210, one passing touchdown, one interception. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not confident in the Chiefs really moving forward. I think they're still a very good team and you're always worried that they can flip that switch like that. I hope that you could hear my snap into the mic. Maybe not, but I snapped there because you got to, Click like that. Definitely heard that one. Uh, yeah, and I have my doubts. I have my concerns. I have kind of all year. Chiefs are still a top 10 team, but I don't know how serious I can really take them as contenders when their offense looks like this. Um, that'll do it for this episode. One final note, though. Huge shout out to a very nice lady from Gatineau who was on Facebook Marketplace who sold me some Dolphins gear. Uh, for $105, I got a Dolphins vintage winter jacket. I got this lovely, lovely hat here. And I got a Jalen Phillips jersey. All of that for $105. Like, the coat itself is worth $105, probably more. Uh, but, yeah, and I also got a Dolphins t-shirt for 5 bucks of Blue Notes, so... 110 bucks. I got a t-shirt, a hat, a jersey, and a jacket. I absolutely crushed it. So huge shout out to the nice Facebook lady from Gatineau for giving me all that dolphin stuff. Don't know how it came into your possession, but it is mine now, and I thank you for that. And I think that'll do it for, for this episode. If you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.